0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to tunnel to towers at t2t.org.
1: Hi, everyone. We
2: got a boring-ass reunion. We got two finales. We got one of the best reality TV episodes in recent history. We got a show full of motherfuckers that need to break up. And we got Dolores Catania cussing out half of the state of New Jersey. And you know what's funny? I still prefer Jocelyn's Cabaret in a circle over all this shit. Maybe I'm just getting tired of our normal reality TV I don't damn know, but I gotta ask y'all some questions and I got some things to talk about. It's the reality TV roundup episode of me and you, the housewives of Marvel 2. Let's do it. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick host of the Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture, everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Oh, hey guys, it's your boy, Kendrick, here to talk about reality TV that we had this week. Now look, y'all know, I, if you follow me on Instagram, right now my biggest obsession is The Circle. I'm I'm all in on season two. We got a few new episodes this week. We get the finale next week. I'm all in. I'm actually trying to set up a little interview series. I've gotten some responses back. I'm very happy. Keep that under wraps. Hopefully, hopefully. Y'all just pray that it all, you know, comes to fruition. I don't know if it will. I don't know if it won't. I don't know what's up. You know, I'm a pessimist. I don't believe in optimism. Optimism is the devil's lettuce. I don't partake in it. So I I stick to pessimism and the lakes that I'm used to, okay? I'm into I look, reality TV nowadays, I'm into the circle and I'm into Jocelyn's cabaret. I've been scared to ask y'all if y'all want me to start covering this stuff on the podcast because that they, they might – listen, the circle, it'll take us down a notch like a little, you know, a little more PG than what we used to – but Jocelyn's Cabaret is gonna take us into uh, TVMA <laughs> or TV uh, not rated. It's gonna take us into something that we're not used to. Damn, double homicide. You know, I'm. We, that, that's a little bit of a you know a little transition. I don't know if that might be Patreon talk right there. <laughs> Wait till I finally start the Patreon. Then we'll then we'll maybe talk about Jocelyn's Cabaret. I don't know. Y'all might convince me if y'all really want that to happen. I'll make it happen. I mean, I'm watching any damn way, hell you I don't know. Just let me know. But with that being said, I'm listen. Bravo. This next wave of housewives that you're about to give us needs to give me everything that I want in life. Because if it doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a listen. I'm about. To, I'm gonna start off by talking about that boring-ass Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion. Atlanta has never let me down before, so I'm just i having faith that part two will do me a little bit better than part one did me. But everyone at least, you know, everyone looked well, so, you know, I don't know. But Dallas finale this week, we got to talk about them. That was boring. Uh, New Jersey was good this week. I'm excited to talk about New Jersey. That was a good-ass episode. Uh, You know, the non-Bravo shows like Married at First Sight, You know, it gives what it always gives each week. Some annoying ass couples that don't belong together that might end up together. That's kind of scary. I don't know. But either way, we're going to talk about it all. I'm going to kick it off with the Real Housewives of Atlanta because we got a reunion. Y'all know I love reunions. The reason I really watch, as much as I love the Housewives and stuff, the reason I watch the seasons is for the reunion I'm a reunion person. I will go back and watch a reunion before I go back and watch an episode, before I go back and watch a season, before I go back and watch a moment. I love a reunion. That goes across the board. Now, some cities are a lot better at it than others. You know, Atlanta is the king of reunions. Uh, who else does good reunions? Nobody? Okay. (laughs) I still watch them though. New York, when Bethany's there, those reunions are really good. Otherwise, they're, you know, kind of lackluster, but it really depends. Uh, Potomac's reunions get better every year. I'll give them that. They've gotten a lot better. So they're, you know, they're, they're giving New Jersey now. Don't play with me. I will go back and watch a early season, New Jersey reunion and get my l- 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 life. I will get my whole life watching an early New Jersey reunion. Don't play with me. Ooh, don't play with me. Listen, that green Christmas dress and uh, blubber, 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 that was my reunion right there when she pushed Andy. That was my reunion right there. The next one, uh, when Jacqueline didn't show up, that was my reunion right there. I lived for all of these moments. New Jersey. matter of fact, I might spend all day tomorrow watching me some New Jersey reunions if I'm not watching the circle because that's my shit. I'm telling y'all, Watch The Circle on Netflix. I really want to do an interview series. I've, you know, I'm not going to talk about that too much. But I really, I want to make that happen. Because I am I'm, I, love that show every time. But I didn't have a podcast the first go round. I don't think. If y'all didn't watch The Circle, what the hell were y'all watching during quarantine last year? Like, I know y'all watched Tiger King. And I, I know y'all looked up and was like, wait a minute. What's this? The Circle? What is that? And then I know y'all just had, I know. I know for a fact y'all tuned in. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm trying to make things happen. Maybe I won't, maybe I won't. Let me quit stalling. Let me go ahead and get into these raggedy ass Real Housewives of Atlanta who desperately need a cast shakeup next season. This reunion was tired as fuck, okay? It felt like a, a Real Housewives of Dallas reunion. <laughs> I mean, we all know they've never had one, so I'm I'm just saying. The Real Housewives of Atlanta has never disappointed me with a reunion, Ever. Never. But this shit was a waste of an hour. And right after I told y'all on Instagram to give it a chance, you know what? I posted like some of my favorite scenes. Not the most necessarily known scenes. But some of my favorite scenes from past Atlanta reunions. To get y'all hype to watch this damn reunion. And you know what, Bravo? It's time for some changes, okay? I'm not going to let y'all keep embarrassing my ass out here on social media. I'm going to social distance from y'all ass in just a minute, okay? Let's talk about the fashions first. In their own way, I actually think every main cast member looked great. Portia, of course, was my favorite. I loved the look from head to toe. I loved the short hair, the the, the style she had. I loved the... uh. I, I wish I could pronounce the designer's name. I forget it every time. But she wears this this designer a lot. And Tiffany Moon is actually wearing uh, a dress from the same designer at their reunion in Dallas at some point. I think that's next week. Who gives a damn? Anyway, uh, she was my favorite. Cynthia and Kenya are tied for second. I loved both of their looks too. Very in theme, very, you know, real nasty, bitch. You know, I liked it. Uh, I I kept going back and forth though with uh, Kenya, you tied for second place because I kept going back and forth with your shoulder. You know, sometimes I loved it. Sometimes I hate it. That cockatoo you had sitting on your shoulder, that that, that, that peacock you have sitting on your shoulder. That that bald eagle you have sitting on your shoulder. That toucan Sam you have sitting on your shoulder. That, uh, for lack of a better word, that big bird you have sitting on your shoulder. I don't know. Drew, you look your personal best. Now, y'all might think that's a read. Some of y'all might not. I don't know. Y'all take that how you will get <laughs> it. It's meant to be however the hell you want to take it, okay? Candy, I've been thinking about you. You know what? At first, I thought you looked so dumb and ridiculous when they sent those pictures out to all the, you know, all the pages and stuff and everyone started posting them. I really thought you looked dumb as hell. But you know what? I started thinking you've really been doing this shit for a long time, like over a decade now. You know what? You don't have to take this stuff seriously every time. You you know what? I'm okay with the the you know the the pageantry of it all the the costumery of it all the dungeon mastery of it all the Fifty Shades of Bolo of it all you know I I was okay with all of it so you were you were in theme we'll say that you know I I you were in you know I will okay I'm trying to child I'm trying to be nice but you know let me move the fuck on listen I don't know how I felt about the first segment being about their weight. I mean, it was relatable for a lot of people because, I mean, most people gain weight during quarantine. Not me. You know, I was I was intermittent fasting, so, you know, I lost a little something. I didn't plateau because my ass be eating uh Twix and Snickers and shit during my little my little six hours of eating. But regardless, okay, I ain't gained like everybody else. But whatever. You know, it just felt... I don't know, it felt yucky for some reason. I, I hate that we all have to focus on the body image so much with these housewives, especially when their daughters and stuff are, you know, of age now and all of them are starting to get as much plastic surgery as the mothers are getting. I, I just wish we would not focus so much on the body. I don't know, That's it's, it's, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I just, uh, it felt yucky. I don't want to talk about, you know, how much weight they gained and what, how it you know, I, I don't know. They switched over to Portia's activism. And I love that Portia gave so much applause and credit on this big platform they have to Stacey Abrams. I love that. Our wrote on the ground. I know that's right, Stacey. Yes. OK, apparently, though, let Kenya tell it. The reason she doubted Portia's activism was because. Portia apparently didn't include her in the, the PSA that she did. So remember, they did that uh, that all-women PSA that's like, you know, it looked like, oh, what's her name? Uh, she, I'm going to get so much flack for this because I should know my damn history. I don't know. But they did the PSA where they were all dressed up as, uh, who is it, the Ripper? I forgot her name. I don't know. Rory the Ripper? I don't know. But they were dressed up as her. And Cynthia and Drew were actually in the campaign as well. Portia said, you know, why would I include her when she's someone that questioned my motives and my activism? Listen, Kenya, let's call a spade a spade. You hate Portia and you tried to make her fake activism a whole thing on the show. Not caring about, you know, the optics of having black women fighting on TV about whether or not black lives matter. That's some dumb shit. But, you know, we'll move the fuck on. What we don't need right now is black housewives using black lives matter as a point of argument on reality TV. Like, are we, are we serious about this? I don't, uh, they argue back and forth and Kenya says her activism doesn't compare to hers. And it's a whole mess. I'm glad they gave Portia, though, the opportunity to actually, like, highlight one of the organizations she loves. And she chose Until Freedom, which I actually do love. I I look at a lot of their stuff on social media, and I do love a lot of stuff they're doing, a lot of stuff they're highlighting. They're a really good organization, so I'm glad Bravo at least finished that dumbass segment by asking her to highlight such a good organization like them. We switch over to Kenya and Mark's toxic-ass relationship, and we find out that Kenya has now won sole custody of Brooklyn, so maybe they'll be able to, you know, show her face again one day, and that she has indeed filed for divorce. Good for you, Kenya. I'm sure the judge was like, well, you know, I'm not going to, Make y'all sure custody when that man can't even be bothered to be in the same state as y'all. And y'all, you know, having to stay in hotels when you go visit him in New York. Good job, judge. Okay. You made the right and only damn decision. There must have been uh, Judge Lola Carmichael from All Rise. I know that's right, Simone Missick. You better make them damn decisions. Andy talked about why she wasn't mad at Candy for talking about her relationship, but she was mad at Latoya. And Kenya actually acknowledged the fact that Portia and Drew came to her defense after Latoya, you know, took all that drama to them, expecting to get some brownie points or some clout points. I don't know. But then she goes into the drama of why she's divorcing him. And it's all because, you know, the petty shit that he's fighting for in court. He's fighting for the dumb shit like, you know, uh, what is it like? uh, How much? What did he say? I don't know if he's fighting for alimony now. I won't say that, but... Fighting for the dumb shit instead of fighting for, I don't know, custody, <laughs> custody of your daughter. See, that's what happens when you meet a man at the liquor store and leave him and uh, you know, leave with him and head to the chapel and get married. Seventeen minutes later, that's what the fuck happened. You don't know that damn man, and y'all spend more time divorcing than y'all actually spend married. So, uh, let there be a lesson, to all y'all that's trying to marry men at the liquor store. They discuss why Drew constantly talks about Kenya's marriage when she still doesn't know where her husband was in Tampa. And Drew says Kenya talked about my marriage before she even met me, you know, referring to the where does Cynthia find all of these damn strays? You know, that comment she made in like the second or third episode. Drew says her whole family is under the same roof in some tweet that she sent out during the season. You know, they watch the episodes and they tweet live. During some, And then Kenya addressed it, saying, you know, your baby daddy is under the roof of a jail. Listen, these reads are starting to get tired as fuck. Kenya, how long did it take you to come up with that shit? <laughs> I mean, like, them damn man, she got a whole husband. You talking about a damn baby daddy in jail. And a damn male ain't, man ain't even in jail no more. Kenya, listen, I'm ready for some new girls. Give us, like, I need, okay. I need a real housewives of new york season five through seven or season four yeah season five through seven switch like i need that i need a refresh get rid of half of this cast and add some more folk back i'll be honest with you. i would keep portia i would keep drew because i actually like what drew gave this season she was one of the few trying and i would keep maybe cynthia maybe cynthia that's it I, then, then I would add three whole new girls. I'm, I'm sick of everybody. Since y'all, I don't know if y'all bringing Phaedra and Sheree back, but if y'all do, then that's a whole nother. We can talk about that when it happened. But until then, I'm sick of y'all asses. I'm sick of it. Listen, oh, Kenya discusses the flack that she got from that disrespectful ass Halloween costume. She gave like this whole rehearsed speech about everything and what she's learned but at least she apologized and you know she went far enough to explain why the shit was dumb in the first place portia interjects and says that kenya always wants understanding but never wants to extend the same grace to anybody else she refers uh to when kenya still even this season brought up the underground railroad see portia acknowledged How she, you know, had a teachable moment and how it was very irresponsible on this platform. But Kenya has never given her any grace, even how far she's come. Kenya says, you know, but you've never said that before. You've never apologized for that before. But Portia and Bravo said, ah, ah, nah, sis, quit the line, quit the line. They apologized. They played back those Watch What Happens Live clips. I actually remember watching that episode live that day it was god how many years ago was that who fucking knows but i remember watching the episode when it was on and she was apologizing and saying how irresponsible it was and you know yada 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 kenya goes all around it of course and says well your sister and drew (laughs) drew (laughs) dressed in similar garb i know drew was like now wait a minute how i get in it you see i just be getting thrown and stuff i ain't even did nothing portia said let folks grow Ho, well, she didn't say whole, but you know what I mean. Now, Drew, you went on this whole die tribe about you know your uh that was for a family thing and yada yada yada, and then you showed the pictures on Instagram, which looked like it was the case, but the picture that they um girl, the picture that I was seeing with it looked you were standing next to some girl that looked like she was dressed like Steve Urkel. Unless them, if those are her everyday clothes, then that's another topic. But, child. If them her everyday clothes, then you and her need to get a stylist, okay? <laughs> okay, let me stop. Drew, you know I like you, but. Girl. Then we get to Drew and Ralph. They share some sappy moments with Candy and how her baby daddy ain't shit either, yada, yada, yada. Okay, then they get to the part about Kenya liking and sharing a tweet from a fan. Now, see, I want to provide all the context for this one because it, you know, it. I, it was a lot of different feelings about this. The tweet read, The conversation with Drew's son is so cringy. Let that baby go play Minecraft or something. And Kenya retweeted it. Drew asked her about it. And Kenya said, Because it made me uncomfortable. Drew said it was irresponsible for her to retweet something about her child. Listen. A lot of people felt a lot of different ways about this. A lot of people Felt like, you know, yeah, it was cringy. Y'all shouldn't have had that moment on camera. A lot of other people were like, well, it's a damn reality TV show. Stop self-producing and live your life on TV. So I get it. I get both of them. Listen, I thought it was like a blanket across all Housewives shows if they didn't discuss kids under eighteen. Like even peripherally. I always think about, you know, Nene and Sheree going at it, but then I think about Nene <laughs> turning around and bringing up, you know, the pumpkin what well, she said, the buffalo, that's it. In the uh the recent season. I don't know. It's I can't keep up with y'all and these damn kids. Look. Ever since uh now look, once they turn college age though, i see I'm trying to defend the babies, but once they turn college age, then they can do cocaine in the bathroom like Jackie said Gia did <laughs> But under eighteen? No. Now see, they have a whole back and forth and Drew asked Kenya, how low are we gonna go? Because I can go low. Ooh. Now look, me too, Drew. Listen. I love me some Michelle Obama, okay? I love me some Barack, some Michelle. Michelle is my Shiro. She's my real life Aurora Monroe. That's my real life Carol Danvers. That's my my real life Jean Grade with the, well, not Jane Gray. Anyway, <laughs> only the comic book Jane Gray. Okay. Anyway, I love Michelle Obama, but if they go low, I'm taking a first class flight to hell, and I'm discussing things with Lucifer, and not that half naked ass white man on Netflix. <laughs> I'm talking about the real Lucifer. That's who the fuck I'm talking about. Cause you listen, when they go low, we going low together. Okay, together. Thankfully, all the other women, you know, they came to Drew's defense, including Candy, and condemned her for putting shit about kids on social media. Kenya Kenya did something that annoyed me to my core, and I hate it whether it's her or whether it's any other housewife across all of the franchises. I hate those damn if and but apologies. I hate it so much. That typical housewife apology, well, I'm sorry if... Well, you know, I'm sorry because you, well, I'm sorry. Da-da-da-da. Why don't you just damn apologize and move the hell on? Drew basically tells the girl to go to hell anyway. <laughs> they both agree to go on hating each other, I guess. I... That's the resolution I got from a child. I don't damn know. They discussed the infamous anniversary between Drew and Ralph. They said that the day went amazing. Then boom! that dinner (laughs) drew and ralph said you know they've been to counseling and he provided all types of receipts he provided uh dinner receipts with the number of guests on it he went on jogs he let her sniff his you know his dirty skid mark ass draws and everything candy said you should have done all this sooner i know that's right candy he owned up to everything but swears he was alone this whole time and just needed time to clear his mind then they transition to Kenya flirting with Ralph, <laughs> and somehow it all comes back to Apollo Nida. <laughs> Listen, bring back Phaedra, okay? That's what the hell this show needs nowadays. Bring back Phony Fei and Sheba Sheree. Keep Portia and Drew, and then add two new women who aren't celebrities that we don't know, okay? Because I'm sticking
1: y'all asses. <laughs>
2: I'm sick of y'all asses I swear They take a break And during that break They're getting you know ready to transition To bring Latoya out Apparently Ralph's barber Went barging into her room And offered her a vitamin C pack With his camera (laughs) In her face Now listen (laughs) Listen this reunion was tired as hell But uh That shit tickled me I'm not gonna lie I stand by what I've been saying, okay drew and Latoya's beef, even though it got a little tired they beef did the heavy lifting this season the heavy lifting okay Latoya is pissed and she got out on that stage and greeted everybody except Spongebob her words not mine listen that shit tickled me too okay <laughs> a little bit too much. But what gets me is, this the last five minutes, they argued about fashion, hair, barbers, uh, uh, kidney infections, UTI infections, and coughs. The last few minutes of this reunion gave more than the entire first hour. Ain't that some shit? More than the entire season. Hey, look, I mean, (laughs) look, I've enjoyed a lot of the season, I won't lie. Mostly when they're laughing and getting along because, you know, I... I always feel like that's when Atlanta is the funniest. But the drama is so rehashed and rehearsed and tired. It's just... Bah! Before I finally transition away from that tired-ass reunion into something more magnificent... I'm going to throw it over, look, to one of my international listeners, okay, one of my international followers, yes, international, okay, I've been charting in Jamaica, and I think he's the sole reason, okay, (laughs) come on with it. Let me throw it over to DeMar, DeMar, who is in We Trust on Instagram all the way from Jamaica. Look, y'all better get into this accent. That accent is everything, everything, okay? And he quotes nothing but Nicki Minaj on his Instagram. So even though I'm not a Barb, I'm low-key a Barb, and I have no choice but to stand. Let me throw it over to him. Hey, Kendrick. How you doing? So let's talk about The
0: Real Housewives of Atlanta. So I know that a lot of persons aren't liking this season and this reunion because they think that it's boring. I am not a fan of this season, to be honest, but I'm not hating the reunion. I'm not sure if because I'm watching for more than just entertainment, I'm also watching because I'm in media and I love the shots and I love to see what shots they use, etc, etc. I didn't hate it. I know that it was different, I know that there was not a lot of drama, I know there was not a lot of arguing, but I did not hate it, and I didn't think it was boring, because I was looking at more than just the drama, as I mentioned before. With that being said, my favorite part of the episode was that argument between Portia and Kenya, when Portia was talking about Kenya's hypocrisy as it relates to learning as it relates to portia learning about the underground railroad and kenya learning about you know the native americans and why they don't like when people wear that outfit as costumes i really liked how portia was able to outline how she's been a hypocrite over and over because she has displayed those you know those actions on numerous occasions and I liked how it played out even in the episode because she did the same thing with Drew when she was talking about her son and last season she said it with, with Nini so she's always played the hypocrite role and it's so funny because my friend and I were just talking about cast members and she was saying how she liked Drew but no she isn't really a fan of Drew because of the things that she has been doing i.e. the Pastor lot storyline and her coming at Kenya for no reason. And I was pointing out to her that Drew came in as one of the favorites for this season and now she's literally one of the least favorites because of those exact things. I personally like Drew and I kind of like what she's bringing to the season. I'm not sure how I feel about what she brought now, but I liked her at the beginning um, I just think that her coming at Portia is coming at Kenya is just so stupid because we aren't in primary school. Just because my friend doesn't like you doesn't mean that we have to be in arguments all the time. I am honestly just over Candy and Cynthia at this point. I don't think they should go per se, I just think that they need to change producers or something, because it's just not working anymore, you can't be on a show like this, and not be adding any value to the show, you can't just be the calm person, you can't just be the, you know, Peacemaker of the group that just does not work all the time, and I don't think Candy is the peacemaker of the group. I just think that she will not correct her friend and she will correct others. See, as it as was seen in the episode with Drew, she was rolling her eyes all the time when Drew was speaking about Tampa and whatever, but then she doesn't do that with Kenya, so it's just hypocrisy at this time at this point and not you know being a peacemaker finally i know that a lot of persons have been saying that rhoa has reached its end but i want to disagree with that i don't think that it is the end i just think that they need to do some recasting and i think that they need to change the production company that they have i think that as a producer you should know how to push your talent and I don't think that the RHOA producers are doing that I think they have gotten very lazy at doing the job and they think that because it's a hit show people will tune in for whatever I think the RHOP production company does a good job and I also think that the editors are very lazy in just pushing one thing at the viewers and expecting it to work and I don't think that viewers are standing for that anymore.
2: Before I move on, let me actually address one of the things he said because well, actually two because I agreed with almost everything that he said. I think everything he said actually I agreed with. My whole th- I I'm not of the belief that, you know, RHOA is out the door. I definitely think that this show can even gain followers in the future cuz I know ratings across TV as a whole are going down. We're watching TV in different ways now. So I get it, but I definitely don't think it's the end. I definitely think that a simple casting changes can help a whole lot. But the bigger issue, like I said last week in my Dr. Kendrick episode, was production. You need to fix... I don't know if you need to get a whole new production company or make some changes, but they need some more on-hand producers that know what the fuck is going on. That guy James up in Potomac, he gets it. He knows how to do the shit. He gets it done. Carlos King, if they could ever get him back, that's what the hell they need. Carlos King was giving it to the Grouse, okay? Now, look, I'm not going to leave y'all on that raggedy-ass reunion and go to something even more depressing like that Dallas finale. (laughs) I'm going to take y'all on a high first. We got to talk about this new episode of Married to Medicine. So let's go ahead and transition. Still in Atlanta, but let's transition over to our doctors. This episode of Married to Medicine is what reality TV should be. We got everything that this, this was an episode. This was an episode. This is what the Real Housewives of Atlanta wish they could be right now. We need to get back to Atlanta's glory days. And I know we can. We're all attached to the characters. I know, but we need to make some hard decisions over there. Listen, I don't want to bring y'all back down. Let's go ahead and talk about our doctor friends. We pick right back up with the conversation between Toya, Carrie, and Anila, where Carrie is saying that the doctors want her on their side because, quote-unquote, she's the intelligent one. Now, Heavenly Online said that Carrie, a old lying-ass helpful. <laughs> so take that with a grain of salt. Meanwhile, the doctors are headed to do the, the setup for the testing, and Jackie over there acting like she know Kamala Harris Child, Kamala said, ah, and sent that ass right the voicemail. Now, Jackie, see, what if Kamala had answered that damn phone and said, what's up, bitch? Now, see that? You got the first minority vice president out here on national tape TV saying, bitch. See, you can't be doing that, Jackie. You almost set that AKA up for the kill. I mean, we know she said behind closed doors to other AKAs, but damn, Jackie, I mean, where, where is your coos? <laughs> When all of that wraps up, we're back at the house and Carrie is telling uh, Karen and Eugene about Heavenly's comments. Listen, Karen is funny as fuck to me. (laughs) He is so damn blunt and honest in all these conversations with Anila and with their lady parents. But we'll say that for another episode. Anila asked that man, you know where the smart ones and the funny ones, right? He said... If y'all are sitting up here having a conversation about who's the smartest ones in the group, chances are all y'all asses ain't got the good sense that God gave Jocelyn Hernandez. See, now how did Jocelyn Hernandez get into this shit? (laughs) That man didn't even say, I'm at her lying on the damn man. Should I start covering Jocelyn's cabaret? I don't know. It's giving though. It's giving, okay? Listen, it looks like we're getting a backdoor pilot. Some of Jackie's quote unquote friends who are doctors come over Nia and Alicia are the first ones to arrive one's a dentist and one's a plastic surgeon okay there's a lot to unpack here so stay with me we've been hearing a lot of kind of like scuttlebutt catch that vocabulary y'all better get into that scuttlebutt about yet another married to medicine spinoff after the other two have already been canceled see keep in mind Merit to Medicine L.A. was not the only spinoff. I was one of the few fools tuning in to Bravo on Friday nights watching Married to Medicine Houston. I like that little show, okay? But of course, just like L.A., it was canceled. Why the hell is Bravo taking a chance on yet another spinoff? Just accept that you already struck gold with Atlanta. I mean, don't get it twisted. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it, but I'm just saying. Also, Jackie introduced these women as, as her friends, but she barely knew their damn names. Production is getting so damn lazy across these shows, I swear. She said, this is
1: Alicia? Yeah, yeah, this
2: is this, this my friend Alicia. And she's a a a, a, psychi- a psychologist? I mean, no, she a dentist. Yeah, 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 She's she's a dentist. A dentist just like heavenly's big country ass. Okay, <laughs> at least Toya know all her uh, pretend friends' name. She got a, a pretend damn doctor there too, but at least she knew that damn lady name. Hell, Toya is tired of these damn friends already. She asked that lady, "Okay, what you want to drink?" That lady said, "Oh, you know something, you know something light." You know in sweet, you know and white, you know, and not this, but you know not that also, and then you know a little bit of this, but not that too. Y'all know damn well Toya's impatient ass ain't finna do all that. So you might as well settle for whatever uh the bud wiser she bring your ass out that house. Then the same one, I think it's Doctor Alicia, is outside talking about, y'all invited me over here and I ain't ate yet. Doctor Heaven said, Bitch, I ain't invite you. <laughs> See, Dr. Heavenly messy, but she funny as hell now. Hamley don't, look, Hamley <laughs> don't realize that she's literally talking to her damn clone, rude and abrasive. Now, look, side note, y'all didn't even have to tell me that this man named Elliot walking through that damn door was Eugene's brother. I mean, they are literal clones. Same face, same body, same every damn thing. H- had he walked in with a, uh, a young, ditzy wife, I would have thought that was damn Eugene. Shit. <laughs> you know what? Toya, like, how did I get in this? I'm sorry, Toya. Look, I that will be your last damn time joining them damn people. They already uh let it be known that Eugene's mama and Toya are the polar opposites, and she tried to hang out with the group, and she, she left their ass as soon as she got their hell. They start talking. And giving advice, and Contessa Contessa throws out there that she doesn't hold grudges and that she tries not to be self-centered. Like, okay, I I give you the self-centered part, but you don't hold grudges. I Contessa child, and that uh self-centered comment seemed like it was directed right at Toya's ass. They started talking about, you know, I'm a dentist and I'm an OBGYN and we can't be having all this division. And, you know, Toya, Toya already mad. She throw out there. Well, you know, I I, I just, you know, went to college and married a doctor. So I must be lesser than, you know. Contessa says, well, you know, most of my friends don't even have degrees. So that doesn't mean anything. And then it gets cracker laden. Do you hear me? Cracker laden because Toya ain't letting this go. She said. So, y'all didn't tell Carrie to come over to the intelligence side? Heavenly's ass started dying laughing. And then Contessa, she admitted that she said it in her confessional. Contessa didn't admit it, but Heavenly did. Contessa acted like they were speaking in Portuguese. It was this look at this very moment, Eugene's mama got up and walked the fuck off, okay? She said, I ain't the one or the two. At this point, everybody is arguing. Carrie is uh saying that she ain't a liar. Anila is holding Tessa feet to the fire. Toya cussing and fussing and drinking and yanking. Finally, Carrie says, you said the intelligence sign. And Toya says, yeah, let her say it for a third time because obviously you didn't hear it. Tessa hit her with that. Who the fuck are you talking to? Toya said, the person I'm looking at. See? This is why I love shows like Married to Medicine. I hate shows where it feels like one person is beating up on another one. All of these ladies are trained to go. TTG, they are ready to go at a moment's notice. All of them. Toya, rent a go. Tessa, rent a go. Heavenly, rent a go. Simone, rent a go. Quad got put out the dough, because we ain't seen her ass since, uh, she said Toya was stealing from them damn folk pool. (laughs) Child, Contessa called her all type of dumb bitches. Heavenly said, I didn't say it, but I damn sure thought the shit. Now see, Heavenly, you a low-down dirty motherfucker, but you funny as hell. I'ma give you that. Toya said, you brought us down here for Black Lives Matter, but as soon as you get the opportunity, you tearing us down. Girl, them folks started fleeing, okay? Them doctor friends got up and said, uh, yeah, I'm gone deuces, <laughs> holla walla. They got up and left. But see, if y'all can't handle this heat, don't get in the Bravo kitchen and then act like y'all are too good. I don't want to see a spinoff if y'all act like y'all can't argue with each other just because y'all are damn doctors. My favorite part of all of this, though, was the men sitting back laughing and watching it all go down. Cecil or Curtis, one of them said, Toya called all of them out. <laughs> yes, Toya. Uh, uh. You better keep the girls riled up, okay? We need your help this season. Then she ran over there to report to Damon, and that man said, ah, ah, I still don't want to know. Toya gave Damon a little piece, then started looking for Scott to get him a little piece, on, you know, on behalf of their wives, but that damn man was upstairs asleep somewhere. Ain't that some shit? Look, they finally get back over there after Simone calmed them down and Tessa calls Carrie out for starting shit. Then she says, you know, we're being counterproductive and I'm not here for that. You know, she, she hit him with the, no, I'm not here for that. You know, so I guess this is a, a truce so they can just be, you know, black people living in the moment, going to the million man marshall, child. I don't know. The next day is the testing day. Look, this episode is what amazing reality TV looks like. You get d- black doctors contributing in huge ways, not just to like the health initiatives during the pandemic, but also helping these people be able to protest responsibly. Amazing. I just, I love it all. And the day before they was cussing each other out, uh, getting ready to fight, knock and buck all that shit. I You, you got to love it. The doctors go first and get shit set up. The wives and the husbands of the doctors arrive a little bit later. They all have their Black Lives Matter shirts on and stuff. The line for testing is around the corner, and we love to see it. We love seeing this excellence. My favorite moment was the young man who was very open and very honest, honest enough to ask a question on camera for the benefit of millions of people. You know, he was like, I'm HIV positive. And you know, should he be getting tested, and is he at higher risk to contract this and all kind of stuff, and you drink Eugene broke it all the way down for him all the way down. Listen, we love a show that helps break down stigmas and call other people funky, dirty holes in the previous scene that That's what we call balance, okay, We love to see it. We got to see Rev. Al Sharpton. We got to see George Floyd's sister speaking. We got to see lawyers and doctors and protesters. Everybody that gives a damn about black lives. Y'all better come out here. I love to see it. See, bravo. You're showing us that you can still make amazing television. Let me ask y'all, because I actually don't know this. Do Married to Medicine and Real Housewives of Atlanta, do they share production companies? I refuse to believe they do. I believe Atlanta is who? Uh... Truly a child, I don't damn know. Don't let me get the line on this damn podcast and y'all come back later Something about, you a goddamn liar, bitch. I said I didn't know hell. Later that night, the women are heading to dinner and they left Carrie and Lisa Nicole Cloud Noggle's ass at the house. <laughs> they said, they asses can Uber. I know that's right. I would have charged Hemley's damn account and took a Uber Black or a Uber XL or an uber black XL. Well, what's that called? An uber BBC? <laughs> Hell, I don't know. During the ride over, Anila tells Toya that she ain't paid the makeup artist yet. And I'm guessing that'll you know, play in the future episodes based on the social media drama that's going down right now. And the previews that we see for next week's episode. Also, come on, Giselle and Robin. Okay. The, uh, t- the the stars of Bravo right now. Y'all know Potomac is the shining star over there at Bravo. Not none of that other shit that's on right now. We've been long overdue for specifically a Giselle Bryant cameo on one of the Atlanta shows. Hell, half of your life is in Atlanta. And you friends with damn near everybody down there. Like, what the fuck? And we get to see my boo-boo Robin, you know, coming in with her. I mean, they're in D.C., so it's only a, a hop, skip, and a jump away. But still, I'm happy to see it. I'm excited for next week's episode. If it's even nearly as good as this one, I'm alone for the ride, baby. Okay. I got to take y'all back down for a minute. Let's, let's go ahead and talk about this Real Housewives of Dallas finale. We pick back up at this fucking murder mystery party. I think y'all know damn well I'm not going to talk about this damn murder mystery. After the way I showed out last week about murder mysteries being a thing on Bravo. Fuck murder mysteries, okay? We jumping ahead. Anyway, later on, Carrie and Brandy's annoying asses are still awake, drunk. And wind up in Jr's room. Now remember, they're still in that house in South Fork that was the set of Dallas. This damn heifer carry, carry British ham, carry sausage and ham, carry uh, uh, bacon and eggs and ham. Broke the damn glass around JR's bed, the damn plexiglass that you're not supposed to be able to get through at all. Somehow, Brandy's ass managed to get through and was sleeping in the bed. Carrie broke the whole damn plexiglass off of there. The next morning, they confess to their crimes and they tell the other ladies how Brandy, you know, slipped through and Carrie fucked up them people's shit. (laughs) See, why don't y'all have respect for other people's property? I, do, I I'm rolling the dog fuck out of my eyes at y'all. Like, why is it that every time y'all go somewhere, one y'all leave the houses filthy? Like, ugh, just looking at the condition. Like when y'all go places, it's ugh. Y'all, uh. Deandra talks about how Carrie, you know, pushing her in the pool has ruined some of her vintage shit. Like, you know, DeAndre said, <laughs> she was honest, she said, now that dress was cheap. That was a cheap-ass dress, and child, it looked like it too. But she had on, like, you know, vintage Chanel and Versace or whoever the hell she said, I don't know. Cam was like, girl, well, let me tell you about last night. And then she spills all the tea about what happened with them people fucking up JR's room. Brandy and Carrie end up calling the lady that you know rented them the house, crying hysterically or pretending to be crying. Hell, I don't know, and tells them you know she's like, oh no, you don't need to worry, it's okay, everything in that house can be fixed. Then of course, in Carrie's confessional moments later, while she was acting upset before that, talking about, uh, you know, it's not a big deal, you know, it's you know I don't know why everybody's treating it like it's just such a big deal. Whoo, Carrie, you raggedy. You raggedy here. Your raggedy coronavirus super spread nast. I can't stand you. Stephanie joins Cam and Deandra, and they decide that it's time for dun, 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 a housewives intervention. Hey, 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 hey. hey, hey. Oh, <coughs> my throat. Hold on, y'all. Who I was about to try that again. Never mind damn that note okay they decide it's time to confront carrie about her tragic ass raggedy ass behavior bravo <laughs> y'all ain't shit because they showed a whole montage about how this lady be tearing up other people's shit i know that's right bravo y'all ain't trying to get sued either hell fast forward to the breakfast and before everyone even gets there because remember the husbands are coming eduardo tells carrie that he can't come. and now child that damn man ain't been on this damn season anyway. Anyway, once everybody is at breakfast, just the ladies though still, the husbands haven't gotten there yet. They confront Carrie. They confront her about the salsa, about the plexiglass at JR Room, about all her disrespectful ass action. See, Carrie need a black mama that'll take a belt to her ass because she has been on this earth violating For 20-plus, no, see, I was about to lie just then. For 50-plus years, and you've been on this earth violating. Stephanie's ass is trying to, you know, sugarcoat shit and be all perfect and sweet. You know, good girl, Eddie, all this shit. But Deandra is letting her ass have it. Do you hear me? Come on, Mama D Jr. Carrie finally concedes and apologizes for the 78th time this season alone. Child, After breakfast, Carrie went upstairs and Deandra went after her. They ended up having a good talk where Carrie, at first, took back all of them damn apologies. <laughs> now, I ain't gonna lie. That's some shit I would do. The next day, when you uh acknowledge my apology, I'm like, bitch, I ain't even mean that shit, ho. You know, I gotta get mad because you, you sit up there embarrassing me in front of all my friends. I ain't even mean that shit, okay? But by the end of their talk, Carrie talks about everything going on in her personal life and, you know, how bad stuff is with Eduardo and all that kind of shit. All that shit the fuck? All that shit the fuck? I don't know. Carrie, I'm so tired of y'all ass. By the end of the talks, Carrie talks about, you know, everything going on and offers what seems to be a sincere apology. But I feel like I say that shit every week. Carrie, respectfully, please go to hell. All of the men finally arrive, and the Dallas party, or whatever it is, is underway. The funniest part of all of this is when Tiffany and Daniel go upstairs getting ready, and they putting on them damn outfits and wigs and shit, and Tiffany is standing there in their blonde wigs like, it looks like we're trying to be white. <laughs> See, that's why I don't go to no damn theme parties. Y'all ain't about to have me out here looking like uh, Matt James and Rachel Kukliku. Listen, let me tell you what the gag was, though, in this damn episode. Brandy at this party gushing over Brian, you know, being the best man for her and how he's been helping her and yada, yada, yada. But chap, that damn man is all on video slobbing another helper down in the middle of the club. Yikes, in my Nicki Minaj voice. I know y'all met in eighth grade, but you should have left his ass in college, okay? Because woo. speaking of which... Right after they stop filming, it's we find out that Brandy finds out that she was 16 weeks pregnant. 16 weeks pregnant. You, Chad, look. You've been hitting them damn bottles kind of hard. You've been hitting them so hard that you ain't realize that you are literally over a quarter pregnant. <laughs> a quarter is three damn months. You more than that. Chad, listen, Dallas, I only like to be in y'all business like that because it don't make no damn sense to me and it's not that damn entertaining. But anyway, Samaj, my boy Samaj from the Me, I Am Cancelled podcast, had a few thoughts on this raggedy ass finale. And boy, oh boy, I couldn't agree more and I couldn't have said it better myself.
1: Hey, Kendrick, this is Samaj from The Me, I Am, canceled podcast, currently stationed in Maryland. (laughs) Right. So I'm here to talk to you about Dallas. So what I found interesting about the finale is that even though I didn't watch the season, except for maybe two or three episodes, I knew exactly what was going on. I knew exactly what I was going to get when I signed up. Wasted time in despair. And what do you know? I had my time wasted and I was filled with despair because I gave these people my time again. Only for them to fuck me over again. I'm glad it's over. That's why I watched it, because I, I knew it was ending. Because, you know, I like things that have a conclusion. I like when things come to a close. We can put a pin in it and move on. And I'm glad we are moving on. I'm sorry to myself to have wasted my own time. But I'm happy to know that this chapter is ending. As the kids say, this too shall pass. It's passing.
2: Chat I didn't even spend ten minutes on Dallas. Ain't that some shit? <laughs> I mean, they're boring ass Atlanta reunion. I spent damn near thirty on that alone, and ooh, and we I ain't mean, need you know what the Dallas. Y'all got to get it together. I'm afraid y'all gonna get canceled, or they, or even worse, they gonna move y'all ass to Peacock. <laughs> well, I hope y'all don't get the uh, the Peacock kiss of death. I don't know. Anyway, I let me go ahead and uh let's let's take it back up. Let's bring the mood in the room back up. Let's go ahead and talk about Summer House. It was yet another finale on Bravo. But before I get into the finale, let me throw it over to one of my favorite people in the world. Let me throw it over to Marianella. We all call her Nella from the Fix My Life podcast. She has some thoughts on this season as a whole. And of course, who the MVP was, it shouldn't be any surprise because if you a real reality TV watcher, then y'all giving credit where credit is due. Go ahead and talk to him. Nella.
1: This is Nella from fix my life podcast and, uh, and three INC But I just finished watching this summer house season finale. And Oh my God, Hannah, you are 100% right. She made the season. Um, everything was about her. She really did fulfill the assignment, no matter how messy a job she actually did. And I'm kind of here for that. But oh girl, your inner child is screaming and we can all see it. And it's not cute. Anyway, Kendrick, love you.
2: I love you more Nella. We pick up from last episode where Hannah has walked off from the group and she goes to actually talk to Sierra about what just happened. So both sets of girls are now kind of recapping and discussing. Hannah brings up like the fact that, you know, why the fuck isn't Paige defending me? Paige, on the other hand, to the other girls, says that, you know, she was held to the fire for voicing her opinions last summer about Hannah and Luke. So, you know, she feels like she needs to just stay the hell out of it. I actually, you know what? I like Hannah and Sierra's friendship. I like it a whole lot. It makes a lot of sense. I feel like Paige, like nowadays, wants to be friends with Kyle and Amanda, like besties with them. So, like, why not? Okay, I'm going to issue y'all a trial separation. Let's let Hannah and Sierra go off and be best friends. And then, Paige, you go off and be best friends with Kyle and Amanda and watch all them damn puppies they got in that house. Chad, I hope they ain't putting beer in the cans in that damn house, and y'all got all them puppies running around. That's a whole nother story. Anyway, now Hannah, where you messed up is, you ran right back and told Des all this shit that happened. Now that man is going to be jaded against the rest of the group going forward. That you, the group that you hang out with every single summer, every single season going forward. Now see, folks don't know anything. About my relationships, okay? Y'all don't even know when I'm dating somebody because I ain't telling. It might be a nuke under my arms right now sniffing up under my armpits and shit. But y'all will never know. I bet I'll never tell it. After the little bonfire that they have, the guys talk and Stravy finds out that Lindsey is ready for him to propose. Their boy said, ah, ah, ain't none of that just yet. Uh, Luke Gay, that boy, the man, you know, ring measurements and all that kind of shit. This is only important because it comes into effect later on because it is damn Jenga, ga- Jenga, Jenga, uh, Juggly Gook, this damn game that they play later on in the kitchen. But first, let's go ahead and talk about Paige and Perry, who y'all know I haven't covered at all on this damn podcast because I don't see it for them. I've been ignoring them all season. This subpar back burner ass storyline, all we've seen is her ignoring this damn man's call and acting like he's the, the biggest inconvenience in life. It annoys me to like no level, but honestly, I feel like Bravo wanted to give Paige an amazing edit this season because of the stuff that was going on off camera, and for the most part, they did. But this storyline makes me roll my eyes every single time. Weak. I hate it when I feel like I'm watching people waste other people's time intentionally and are stringing them along or whatever you want to call it. I just hate having to watch it on reality TV regardless. The Jenga game that they played actually looks fun as fuck. They write dares on a bet like on all of the pieces on the bottom and whatever piece you pull, you have to do that dare. Lindsay gets obliterated during this game. And remember, she's showing her areolas and all kind of stuff, which is kind of annoying Stravy. She ends up going downstairs and starts texting the man to come down there and all that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, he's upstairs not looking at his phone, having the time of his life with Kyle and with, uh, what's the boy name? Robert, and, you know, just having a good old time. Everyone else, you know, is having a good time until... Lindsay chooses to have a bad time as usual. And y'all know if Lindsay ain't having a good time, ain't nobody having a good time. I love watching Lindsay, but I absolutely could not be friends with her in real life. I've told y'all this about me before. There are a few, there are not a few, there are a lot of people on reality TV that I love to watch, but I could never be friends with. Before this season of Dallas, it was Cam Westcott. I loved watching Cam on TV. But I knew for a fact I could never be friends with her. Lindsay is the same kind of way. Lindsay is... uh, I'm I'm not even going to go on a Lindsay rant right now. Because Danielle wraps her ass up enough for everybody later on in the episode. They... What happens? (laughs) Oh, she goes upstairs. And she tells him to leave, basically. If you don't want to be here with me, leave. And screams. And then she leaves again. Danielle feels like this is a test. And she actively stops Stravi from leaving. The next morning, Stravi wants to, you know, talk. and But Lindsay doesn't, of course. So she leaves and she has her coffee. And I guess it's her way of trying to, like, calm down. Hannah and Amanda, on the other hand, they do want to have a conversation. And I guess they somewhat work things out? I don't know. They discover that things only escalate between them when Kyle is involved. It seems like they kind of consciously make the choice to do better. I don't know. Hannah goes to talk to Paige, though, and says that, you know, this all might be necessary because she feels like for the first time in her life, she's being honest about her feelings. Good for you, Hannah. I don't fuck with folk either. I'm just saying. (laughs) That's some shit I do. I be wanting to be honest, too. I just, I, I hold my tongue a whole lot but hey, nowadays, the older I get, the more I'm just like, you know what? Let me tell y'all something. And then, of course, I go on telling, and then it'd be a whole damn thing, but that's neither here nor there. See, you know what? Let me stop, because I, I be starting family arguments at the dinner table at Thanksgiving, all kind of stuff. This is why people don't invite me back to their damn house, okay? The next scene is the literal definition of what a friend should be. Lindsay and Danielle go talk about the previous night and Lindsay says, "You know, I don't think my boyfriend likes me very much." And Danielle says, "Girl, I don't think he like your raggedy ass, six in the city, Sailor Moon looking ass either." She didn't say all that, but you know what I mean. I can I can read between the lines. Lindsay can't figure out why he's mad, and she says, "Am I the problem in this relationship?" And without hesitation, Danielle blatantly blunts out, yes, yes, you are the problem. Thank you! That's all I want. Ooh, let me not be quoting Siggy Flick around here. The uh, the ghost of Harriet Tubman might get my ass. Danielle then goes on to tell her that she keeps pushing that man away and testing him, but like, why? What are you doing it for? She feels like he's a runner, but hell, who wouldn't run at this point if when you're constantly being tested every step of the way? Lindsay, I honestly don't think you can be in a relationship until you handle those abandonment issues that you keep referencing. See, this is the problem. People a lot of time will, oftentimes, will know what their problem is they will always like give you these blanket things like oh you know i've been hurt in the past so it's hard for me to you know have healthy relationships or oh i have abandonment issues so i don't like men leaving me and all that kind of stuff they know the problem but won't do anything to fix it they will actively choose not to fix their problem which is absolutely insane to me like what do you know you know you have an issue like what if you what if it was like a physical condition what if you, like, were having, like, your heart was murmuring, or your heart, like, stopped randomly, and you couldn't figure out why? Would you just let it keep doing that? Or would you go to the doctor to see, okay, I need to see a cardiologist. What the hell going on with my damn heart? I don't understand. It's beating like this. Boom, ba-doop, boom, ding And you can't figure out why the hell it's beating like like it's a damn uh Missy Elliott song. You don't know why the hell your heart beating all off track like that. But you don't want to go and get it tested. You know what? If it works for you, whatever. I ain't got to live with you. While everyone is setting up, we find out that Kyle plans to ask Carl to be his quote-unquote co-best man, (laughs) and Amanda plans on asking Paige to be one of her bridesmaids. Let me tell y'all something. My very best friend, tried to make me a co-best man at his wedding. Because it, it was at some point, you know, he hadn't even proposed to his girlfriend at the time. It didn't happen for like the next three years. <laughs> but child, let me tell y'all something. I made a conscious effort to be the best friend possible for those next few years. And I down-talked his other friends so much that I ended up being the only best man. I'm not playing with y'all. <laughs> Once again, play with your mama. Don't play with me. After all that that first round of mushy shit happens, Lindsey goes to talk to Stravy and discusses her issues and how she needs to, you know, needs to stop them and yada, yada, yada. Stravy's raggedy ass apologizes for his part and everything. Lindsey follows suit, but then immediately says, but I don't think we're ready to live together just yet. But she didn't break up with him, so... But we know they're broken up at this point in real life, so I don't know, it's all a moot point. Who the hell cares? The fake wedding commences, and everyone is so happy and things and such, except Hannah, who's like, Y'all know 50% of marriages end in divorce, right? I know the fuck that's right, Hannah. (laughs) If I ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, okay? Robert cooks all of that delicious looking food, and then the speeches start. Paige, you know, gets all sappy and she spills the beans about being asked to be a bridesmaid or as Nene said, a bridemaid. Hannah and Sierra are like, oh, OK, <laughs> bet. OK, <laughs> Hannah says that, you know, in her confessional, Paige is being rewarded for not saying her real feelings about Kyle. Ooh, now see, look, both of y'all have made these kind of statements before. It seems like Hannah and Paige are both sitting on a lot of information about each other. It seems like Paige might be talking shit, just as much shit about Kyle and Amanda's relationship as Hannah does. Which honestly, it would make total sense because I mean, they're best friends. And, you know, if you're saying that kind of stuff to your best friend, I mean, you don't think it's going to ever get out. But also, you've expressed those kind of things before on the show. So, I mean, that wouldn't totally be without the realm of possibility. I don't know. It also seems, though, like Hannah has been, you know, some explaining to do about this relationship timeline because, you know, we don't know when the hell you got with Dez, when you got with Luke, when you got with uh, Pastor Troy. We don't know what the hell going on. Look, y'all better be quiet and be best friends and just talk this shit out in private like the rest of us. I don't know what the hell y'all think going on. Listen, we've got the Summer House finale. If you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, then tonight the Summer House finale. Finale commences I can't wait for it Look looks like it's going to be real good I'm ready to see why everybody and their mama keep storming off stage I'm ready to see why Paige told that girl Fuck you Danielle You know I'm ready to see all of that Why Lindsay think folks being disrespectful But she think everybody being disrespectful Yes I'm, just, I'm ready to see it Summer House They did what they needed to do this season Hold on let me rephrase that And I don't give a damn who get mad Hannah Burner did what she needed to do this season. If it wasn't for her, this would have been a boring-ass season because nobody else contributed in any way except Lindsay occasionally with Stravy, but he left uh, a quick as hell after, what, two episodes, then came back for the last two. So I'm just saying, you know, praise God for Hannah. You gave us a great season. Good job. You know what I give secondary to Luke because Luke, Luke did what needed to be done by screaming at every damn body and by causing a big fight. Uh, got called fighting in his underwear and shit. You know, I'll take it. Go ahead. Let's listen. Let's go ahead. We only got two more shows left. Let's go ahead and talk about Married at First Sight. I probably won't spend too much time on this show. Not because it doesn't interest me. It's We're down to the, you know, the final days, like literally the final days. Next week's episode will be Decision Day. And so at this point, basically, everyone's just trying to see what the hell they go do with their lives. We kicked the episode off with Jacob and Haley. So we'll just go through them first. They opened the episode and she didn't even (laughs) get to address why he left her early without telling her. Keep in mind, last week's episode, which I didn't cover because I did the Dr. Kendrick special episode. He they were all down in Florida somewhere. They had a good time or whatever. But they were arguing like cats and dogs. And then he left early one day and didn't tell her. And we come to find out that, you know, he immediately starts to spill the beans about his neighbor one day not being able to feed the dogs and take them outside and all that kind of stuff. And how he panicked because he had looked at the like the cam that he has installed in the house and he saw the dog looking sad and all that kind of stuff. And he just left. She seemed to actually sympathize with this and she let it go immediately. She actually didn't bring it up at all. Later on in the episode, Haley goes out with a drinking buddy, and they discuss everything. They talk about her red flags. They talk about, you know, him being 40 and never married and never having anything super serious in the past, like, decade. She talks about she doesn't understand his humor. His clothes are given, you know, she by charade. <laughs> she, she doesn't, you know, she does give him a few accolades, though. But, girl, if you don't end this damn marriage, I don't know what the, the hell to tell y'all. They got you know they they went out to dinner at some point and uh, once again they act like they having just the loveliest time, loveliest of times. They I I'm so confused by this couple. I don't know what to do, but you know what that end up means. Whenever they have a good time, that means they're gonna have a a a, a knockout drag out fight at some point. We didn't see it on this episode. We saw it on the last one, but maybe they are saving it for decision day. I don't know, but I'm ready to see. What the hell gonna go on with these damn decisions? Okay, that, that that's the one I'm most curious about. It's another one I'm kind of curious about, but that's the one that's really giving uh uh crowd and, and and potato chips. I don't know. It's giving something, giving some real sour though. Let's move on to Eric and Virginia. Lord, Eric and Virginia. When Eric speaks about Virginia, it is so weird to me. Like he snaps on her often and talks down to her and he condescends and he's really controlling. But when he talks about her to other people, he's like, oh, wow, she's amazing. And, you know, she's the yin to my yang and all this kind of nice, you know, nice pleasantries and shit. And I'm like, what? Wait, wait, what couple are you talking about? I'm so glad they did a whole like montage about the way that he talks to her because I I I'm not even on the show but I felt vindicated about the way that I talk about him on this podcast. That man talks to that lady so damn bad. It's ridiculous. I was starting to think that I was crazy. At some point in the episode, her best friend who's a guy Comes over and they call, you know, another one of their friends. I forgot her name, child. I didn't, I didn't write it down here. Y'all, y'all know, dear American. That damn show so long. You know, I was uh, playing tiddly winks and chewing bubble gum and shit. I don't know. They call her. All three of them start talking, and you know, they they talk everything out. Obviously, you know, Eric is uncomfortable with her having guy friends, but the guy seems super supportive and level headed. They talk about, you know, all the recurring issues and how she's still not sure what she's going to do and how she doesn't want to, you know, move in his place. I don't know if I've said this to y'all on this podcast, but I agree with her 100 percent on this issue. Now, I'm wondering what other people think about this, because I would want to find a place for us to move into instead of me moving into your space like that's your place. And I'm not, like, not only am I not going to squeeze in there, have a hard time doing all that, you're going to, like, have a hard time accepting it, that it's our place now. So I might as well just wait, and then we find a different apartment that's both ours or a house or whatever. I agree with her on that one. I'm actually curious to see what they're going to do on decision day, because it seems like he's all ready to go all in no matter what, but it's really going to come down to her. And I'm curious to see what she's gonna do, girl. Look, what's her name? Uh, I forgot at the of Virginia. Run, bitch, run! <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm trying to help you out, sis. I don't, I don't know what to do. Clara, matter of fact, you run too. Speaking of Ryan and Clara, she, <laughs> she's still waiting on that man to say I love you. <laughs> now look, it didn't hit me until my sister said. She we talked about it this week and she was like she I mean she said it plainly. She said, Didn't they just meet? And I was actually like, Yeah, they did. At first, you know, I was like, you know, he he has a lot of intimacy issues because he wouldn't say it. But actually, maybe that's super normal because them people did just meet a few weeks ago. I don't know. But listen, he still ain't he still ain't dropped off no dick. so I <laughs> Yeah. Listen. They sent me when they were doing that damn personality test, and he was like, "Yeah, I do this this personality test uh, a few times a year, and then, you know, you do this, and you know, all these kind of statistics and you know, analytics and you know, all this kind of stuff." And she was like, "Yeah, I did our astrology too." And the man was like, "Girl, yeah, what? <laughs> but let me tell you something. Let me tell y'all something. After I went on Jay and Jay's podcast, Housewives on Display." And they got me together using all my damn signs. I never doubt again. See, let me tell you something. <laughs> Ryan, leave that damn girl alone. Them people read me from head to toe with my own astrology. I will never doubt astrology again. Okay, just because she don't have goals and she don't strive for greatness and she likes to eat cupcakes for breakfast. And she can't file her taxes. That don't mean nothing, okay? <laughs> this couple, they actually seem like they're gonna, you know, they seem like they're gonna make it. They're, like they're both gonna say, yeah, I don't think she cared that damn much that he won't say I love you. I think she really ready for him to just drop some dick off, but he won't do it. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll get to see him drop it off in the finale on decision day. I don't know, <laughs> but they're not one of the ones I'm interested in seeing. They kind of, they're boring as hell, honestly, but I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, if that works out for them, who knows? Lastly, before we get to New Jersey, let's talk about Brianna and Vincent. Now, one thing to note is that they opened the episode talking about which couples are going to make it and which ones won't. But out of this, Somehow in her discussion, Brianna tells him that she thinks he's a bit disorganized. And then Vincent ends up admitting that he told the, you know, the therapists or the counselors, the the doctors that put them together, he told them that he wanted a wife that was not direct and that wasn't assertive. So hearing her being described as bossy at the wedding was kind of scary to him. Remember, On wedding day, you know, all her friends, you know, the friends and family get to write notes about like, you know, uh, Ryan, this is what Clara's family wants you to know about her. And then they do the little stuff in her note that they read to him. All of them described her as bossy. They meant it in a cute way, but he was like, oh, shit. They giving me everything I didn't ask for. This threw her all the way off. She knows that he holds on to shit. For the longest time too. Now see we talked about holding grudges earlier. He holds a grudge. Ryan, I mean not Ryan. Uh, uh, Vincent holds a damn grudge. She knows that's going to come back up at some point. That convo. With her mama. Was everything. Because mama told her how it is. About her and him. You better come on mama. The most pivotal part of this episode though. For them at least. Was towards the end. Where we get all, <laughs> we get one of the most confusing moments I've seen this season. They're laying in bed, and he tells her, "You know, close your eyes because I've got a surprise for you." She was probably like, "Oh shit, I'm about to get a little dick dropped off." Oh shit. She closes her eyes. He pulls out some scissors and holds them up to one of her braids, and he. Uh, Just give me a minute. He he told her to open her eyes, which she does, and he proceeds to cut one of the braids out of her head, saying that, you know, you said you wanted help taking them out. Boy, she wasn't ready to take them damn braids out. You up there looking dumb. What the fuck? Like, why wouldn't you ask her first? How was that supposed to be cute in any way, shape, or form? The next morning, I'm going right past that. The next morning, he wakes up. They both wake up. He's got kind of a funky attitude, and she seems, like, genuinely confused. Like, nigga, you the one cutting my hair, and you the one mad about it? I don't know. He leaves the apartment, you know, to go back to his apartment because, you know, it's almost decision day. And both of them seem like they just don't know what they're going to do. Now, this whole time, they seem like the one couple that had it in the bag no matter what. So now I'm actually curious as to how they're going to end, too. I'm curious about everybody except Ryan and Clara. I don't give a damn about them. But everybody else, I want to know how this going to end. Y'all, Decision Day is coming up. Make sure y'all watch it with me. Don't get scared if your DVR says that it's three hours long, it's just because they be having them. Uh, what them things called? That damn uh, unmatchables or whatever. It all records together, so don't get worried. It's still only two hours long, okay? Like the damn bachelor. Oh, lord, I couldn't imagine if they were filming together that. Ooh. If they were airing at the same time, there'd be a lot of T V, Lord. I'd be taking notes for days already as it is for this damn podcast. I couldn't imagine. You know what? Let me move on to New Jersey and uh 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 and, 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 and take my ass on. Child, I went into this week thinking it was the New Jersey finale, somebody lied to my ass. We still got two more episodes into the finale, not including the episode I'm about to talk about. You old lying ass insta help us <laughs> We pick up from Jennifer's uh, daughter mammy party <laughs> right after Teresa left. Remember, she left last week because she was too emotional. You know, she's lost her mom, and she can't be in a room full of uh, mammy-daughter combinations. You know, she's real sad about it, so she left. Jennifer tells us that she's uh, helping her mom renovate a house much closer to her because she was always like she was falling asleep in two hours of traffic just to come and visit her. Hell, her mama's social life revolves around uh, her and her sister anyway, so you might as well be right down the street. The gag of this whole little mammy daughter brunch, lunch, uh, uh, tea sipping, is when they get on Dolores' ass. Listen, Dolores got tired of y'all this episode. Dolores was ready to fight y'all this in, from start to finish. They telling all their lady business in front of her mammy. Even even the shit that psychic Gina Marie was saying. You could tell Dolores wanted to cuss Jennifer the fuck out. But she restrained. She held back. But it looks like her mama uh, got the same opinions about David that we all do. Child. Dolores, leave that man so you can finally get over to uh, uh, Narnia. So you can finally get to Neverland. So you can finally get the Oz. Look, I don't know if those are any good places to be, but hey, it's better than David House shit. The scenes with just the husbands is always a good time. We're lucky to be in the presence of these all New Jersey husband scenes, okay? It's like getting a a two-song Beyonce concert. No, it's not two hours, but it's better than no Beyonce concert. Am I right? (laughs) They're playing golf and they're taking bets. Frank Catania lost, and he literally had to kiss Joe Gorga's ass. Listen, we love to see it, okay? (laughs) Even had a little dingleberry hanging on his chin, okay? Come on, Pornhub. Come on, X-Videos. Come on, X-N-X-X. Okay, let me stop before y'all start judging me. While they're at the tables, (laughs) Joe tells them that he and Melissa are okay now, finally, because people apparently have been wondering. I wasn't, but... You know, maybe y'all were. Frank, though, he doesn't want to talk about any of that shit. He wants to know about Teresa's new man. Joe starts telling all of that lady's business, telling how happy she is, she in love, get you, get you, cuckoo, ya, ya, all of that, how Teresa got her groove back and it ain't even Jamaica, all kind of stuff. Listen, Joe Gorga. If you was my damn brother, I'd be cussing you out like Teresa too, telling all my damn business, even at the country club. You know the country club don't even want nobody my complexion there, let alone you sitting up there telling them people all my business. You know what? I'm making this person. This is about Teresa, not me. Side note, I love that place that Michelle Pice took Teresa to potentially buy. It's so modern. Like, that's my That's my judge right there. That's definitely my style. I love it. During that scene, Michelle actually tells Teresa that she wants to introduce her to a great guy. But Teresa, of course, doesn't want people to know that she's serious about this guy yet. So she's like, okay, fine. I'll agree to go on a date with this fan ass just to shut Michelle up. I'll shut you up too, Michelle. Look, call me (laughs) and tell him to call me too. We'll be some uh, calling motherfuckers around here. Just everybody call each other and we'll all be happy at the end of the day. All of the ladies and fellas are getting ready to go to Michelle's cocktail party. I love the fact that Dolores like has the best of both worlds. She can spend David's doctor money, but she can have Frank Catania on her arms when she goes to parties. See, that's that's preferred anyway because Frank is a hell of a lot more fun than David. David seems more—he seems like the type to ride a motorcycle to Bible study on Wednesday. Oh, child, let me stop playing with the Lord. Okay. Anyway, Michelle's house is amazing. You can tell she's a realtor with a, a rich ass husband. All of the ladies look amazing. They over there gossiping, and Teresa overhears them talking about, yeah, 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 and, you know, she's in love. She come up, she like, who's in love? And Michelle blurts out, Margaret said you in love. Now, see... Give me something. Let me. I like Michelle. Okay, more Michelle, more Michelle. Give us more Michelle. We already know she messy as fuck. By the way, she put the Gorgas business all out there in the street with them shady business dealings. But you know, we we got past that. They friends now, so let me not uh, bring up the past and have them people hating each other. At some point, Dave, the guy that uh, Teresa is getting set up with by Michelle, shows up looking gots. G O O D T. what that man said he was tired and wanted to sleep because he had him a long day, and Teresa automatically writes him off, writes that damn man off. Teresa, we out here starving for eggplant during quarantine, and you turning dick down? <laughs> How dare you? By the way, during this scene, we find out that Dolores has a brand new Porsche that david got her they like a -a -a, a car i want a ring well look on behalf of kendrick i want the car damn the ring okay everybody kind of comes to the agreement that david is stalling for more time that he don't really want to put a ring on dolores's finger and all that kind of stuff oh sucker the best thing about this conversation though is that right after that teresa starts texting in the corner and she's like look I gotta leave, y'all. I see you. Look, she went to get some dick, okay? (laughs) Go get that dick, Teresa. I ain't mad at you. Them hoes ain't doing nothing but arguing, no way. Go get that dick, okay? That dick, D I C K, that dick, okay? Now is when shit jumps off. They all, you know, start talking about it, and Dolores defends Teresa not telling them about that man child they start attacking Dolores basically especially Joe Gorga and Dolores says well I don't want to be having arguments about someone walking a few feet in front of me oh now that's how you clear a bitch right there <laughs> Dolores that's how you clear him with they own tea okay she starts saying how David you know he can't promotionally fulfill her and that he can't offer her lots of time and boy oh boy it all goes down from there he starts talking about how Frank Catania turned Dolores into, wait for it, a broken woman. Like, whoa, Joe, what the fuck? Like, wh- what are we talking about here? Everyone, like, literally is gasping. Like, can't believe that Joe was saying all this stuff out loud. Dolores called that man a Neanderthal. And Joe starts, like, subliminally shading Melissa. I, I don't know how Melissa got caught in this, but Jackie caught that shit. She called all of that out. It's a lot, okay? It's a lot going on in this episode. He says that, you know, she has a scarred heart. And Marge, this is when she says, you know, you... She calls him out for his chauvinistic ways, basically. She calls him a chauvinist pig. Then they get on the subject of the new Porsche. Woo! Melissa spills all them people's business. She said... Everybody here, I'm talking about Marge, Jackie, uh, 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 Michelle Pice, her husband, Joe. Everybody thinks that this is a stall tactic, and that man don't want to marry your ass. She defends him again, and then she says, Frank, I'm ready to go. (laughs) She storms out, and she tells everybody to go fuck themselves, you dirty, funky, muppet, baby bitches. She didn't say all that, but you know. You know I got to help people cuss sometimes because people don't know how to cuss no more. Child, Dolores left, but I don't know if she left something in there and forgot something or what. But she ended up coming back briefly. She never went into that room again, but she could still hear them talking. And she was cussing from behind the wall. They still, she's yelling from a whole different room. fuck your bitches, all kind of stuff, and then leaves again. Dolores, that's how you make an impact right there. I'm with you on that. I look, I listen. Dolores Catania. Do what you do. I ain't mad at you. That was a good ass episode of Real Housewives in New Jersey. They have been kind of up and down for me this season. I haven't been I haven't been like just bored with an episode, but they started off so high that everything else kind of felt a little mid-tier. Like they were going up and down and up and down. But overall, I've really, really liked this season, so I won't complain. Y'all. Hey y'all. How you doing? My name is Charlotte. <laughs> Last name Wilson. Now, let me stop. I'm talking about some damn Charlotte Wilson. Before I get out of here, let me throw it over to Shem, uh, Samaj again from the Me, I Am Cancelled podcast, who has some thoughts on Jersey. Y'all know Jersey is Samaj's shit. That is his favorite show. Do not play with Samaj and his Jersey. Let me throw it over to him.
1: Hey, Kendrick. This is Samaj from the Me, I Am, am Cancelled podcast. Family and I don't know if you can use this but I lived when Dolores basically sat up there in front of that whole room listened to them talk, get crazy get wild, get mad disrespectful about her and her relationship and she said look I don't know who you think I am I don't know if you forgot but let me remind you like a sprained ankle I have nothing to play with, play with your pussy hoe not with me and I love that Dolores goes from zero to Patterson in two seconds And I live. And also, Teresa doing Who Said That? I'm like, oh, I live an Atlanta moment. And Dolores saying, I've had enough of it all. Enough of a callback. You know I love Jersey. You know I love a Jersey callback. Great episode. Can't wait for next week.
2: Samaj, go get my ass sued with that damn uh, watch what happens live playing in the background. Andy, I didn't do it. Don't come after me. I'm going to sue your ass back. (laughs) I sue back. I'm that kind of type. Samaj, I loved everything about that, and I can't wait for next week either. Dolores got in their asses. My favorite Dolores is an activated Dolores, okay? Dolores, just like Lindsey Hubbard, they work best when they activate it, even though uh, Lindsey Hubbard is a little more worrisome. Y'all, that's all I got for you. I can't wait till next week. I might take a poll about Jocelyn and uh, The Circle. Hopefully, y'all keep your fingers crossed about these Circle interviews. I think after next week, I can finalize some things because, you know, obviously, the season has to be going off. Y'all just pray for me. Hope for me. I hope y'all are watching The Circle the way I'm watching The Circle. If you ain't, uh, what the hell are you doing? You at the house. I don't know what the hell else you got to do. You know what? I'm sick of y'all. Goodbye. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at HousewivesMarvelPodcast. This is Kendrick and I'll see you.